Welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm delighted to be joined in person for an emergency podcast by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. How are you? Good mate, yeah, in person for a, um, a special occasion, shall we call it, but <laughs> these uh, these emergency podcasts uh, seem to be coming a, a little, bit, little bit too regular for my liking and... Yeah, probably speaks to the state that the club's in, to be honest. Yeah, I don't suppose if you were doing a Leicester Tigers podcast this season, there'd be too many emergency mm. podcasts required. Yeah, it's not maybe a sign of, of good things to come. And um, yeah, I thought it'd be nice Saturday afternoon as we record, just before we, we make our way to watch the pinnacle of European rugby, Leinster against La Rochelle this afternoon. We could maybe spend some time talking about the opposite of the pinnacle of European rugby. Well, we, you know, we could be uh, could be beaten by the eventual winners. <laughs> we could be beaten by the eventual winners. A very positive spin to take on this podcast. Of course, Tom, we convene to talk about the wheels well and truly coming off the wagon at Bath Rugby. A... Um, uh, a structural reset was announced on Tuesday of this week as we record, which gave us further details or new details about how the the coaching and the, um, the setup at Bath Rugby would be going into next season. I guess the, the kind of highlight, the headlines from that are that Johan Van Gran is now no longer the director of rugby or the head coach. He is now the head of rugby, whatever that means. Uh, so that's going to be his role. He is overseeing everything for the rugby department. Stuart Hooper remains at the club, but will be taking on the role as a general manager, which maybe you can enlighten me as exactly what that's going to be. And finally, and, and I think most importantly, and, and I think what we're going to discuss most about on this podcast is that Ed, Edward Griffiths, um, who is the was the chairman at Bath Rugby, has left his role, his post, after under six months in that role, Tom, this was announced, took me certainly by surprise this week. What was your initial reaction to to the news? Well, I think it took some of the players by surprise as well, based <laughs> on the based on the social media. Um, you know, I think Joe Fokinasiga probably summed it up pretty well in a tweet that tweet that was uh, was was deleted, but you know, it's it's always going to get screenshotted by someone. I think it was weird. Lol was uh, the the two <laughs> words that he he summed it up, by. and I think that's. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I mean, it's it's a bit of shambles to be honest. It's it's another example, and it's not the first, not even the second. It's probably not even the third in the last few years. It's another example of senior appointments and just the strategy at the top of the club just flip flopping at a moment's notice. They, you know, they think back to to the, the the end of Todd Blackadder's days at Bath, and they came out with this vision for the club, and Stuart Hooper would take on the director of rugby. At that point, we were kind of, well, everyone was kind of very sceptical of his experience at that point. That kind of um, hasn't worked out. Let's 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 be Has it not? let's be completely completely clear on that. It hasn't worked out. They've tried to kind of shift things around. Brought Neil Hatley up to head coach. Set out another vision for the club. Brought Ed Griffiths in as a <laughs> as a, to, as a as a consultant to to review the club. He appointed himself as chairman. Clearly ruffled a few feathers, as will as will come on to. And then six months later, there's another massive change. They're restructuring the organisation again. Stuart Hooper's been demoted and sidelined, but somehow has 
has has kind of you know kept his his position as the club and as Bath rugby fans I think this is really the first and most clear indication I think in the last few years of probably just how toxic and the the the, the environment is in the club and how little trust there is between players coaches and staff and it it, it seems like on this particular occasion it's been very ugly mm. and it's 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 spilled out into the into the public domain in a way that as a fan is just kind of salt in the wound of what's been a, a, a tough enough season on the on the pitch. If, if yeah, if you're a neutral, this is a, a fantastic soap op, soap opera really, to, yeah. to watch and enjoy. Ben Obano uh, could do a, a, an Amazon <laughs> an Amazon documentary from the inside. That would be. I think there's plenty of stories to be told off the back of this season. I think maybe over the the course of Pooper's reign, and and I think yeah, the, the, the Will the, Buxton. The the, the 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 main thing to kind of take away for me is that this is not this is not Ed Griffiths rain ending as planned this is not him coming in doing his initial consultancy work then becoming chairman doing what he has to do and then leaving that is not what this is this is absolutely him being sacked as chairman of bath rugby no questions about that five and a half months in the role and i think it is very clear to me that that he has come in wanted to change things pretty radically Mm. and i think i'll come on to talk about i think what he wants to do and he's ultimately been told no you're not doing that and Maybe his methods are wrong. Maybe the way he goes about things doesn't necessarily sit well with some people. But what the bloody hell are you doing appointing Ed Griffiths for? Well in the knowledge that this mm. is the reputation of Ed yeah. Griffiths. You appoint him as chairman six months ago. He's been in the building for two months. You know what sort of a bloke he is. You know how he's going to go about his business. You employ him and then you completely U-turn on that, go back on that and then seem to now have no chairman. It's a classic case from Bath again, sadly, of... It being there being plenty of management speak, there being plenty of of stuff and, and and changes to strategy and vision that look good on paper, but then actually when a guy who, as you said, was a known quantity, has come in mm. and ruffled feathers at Saracens, has done the same at South Africa, has been involved um, not so successfully at, at cricket clubs, I think it was Middlesex, and has come in and always Worcester tried to well. Worcester Warriors, yeah, has always tried to make changes, and yeah, Bath are all for those changes on paper, and then the moment he comes in and actually starts to make. Well, and you know he has made radical changes, and there were certainly more that he'd planned. They suddenly are like, "Oh no, that's gonna," you know, essentially Stuart Hooper probably wouldn't have been in the job. It then seems that it's gone to ownership. It's gone to Bruce Craig, and for some reason, I mean, I don't know what Stuart Hooper has over <sighs> Bruce Craig and, and Tarquin McDonald. But yeah, again, it's just it's a lack of. I think it was a, there was a comment. I think it was Rob Jones on Twitter. It's just a lack of due diligence, a lack of care in the appointment that's been shown by Bath, and they just they just. When something doesn't, when it's not worked out after five, six months, this long-term vision, they they jack it in. Essentially, they they, they take a step back. Yeah, whether this has been a power struggle between Hooper and Griffiths or Tarquin and Griffiths is probably more the way I see it. I think ultimately Hooper certainly is a yes man. I think Tarquin looks to me to be a yes man, and Ed Griffiths is absolutely not a yes man, mm. and he seems to have been forced out of this and and certainly from my point of view I sit on the side of he had to be given his once we decided to go with Ed Griffiths rightly or wrongly yeah. he then had to be given the opportunity to change things and he hasn't been given the opportunity and they've stuck with Stuart Hooper and I, I, I've read some absolute waffle this week about about this and, and Austin Healy's article in I can't you know what, what publication Telegraph I think well is is one of the biggest loads of crap I've ever read in my life. If the qualification to be Bath 
within Bath and have the ability to turn this around is being a good bloke. What does he? What does Austin Healy describe him as? He says his character is too valuable. What on earth does that mean, Tom? You know, and I'll come on to talk about this a bit more, but. People keep telling me that Stuart Hooper's a good bloke. Nick, Nick Mullins put a tweet out saying, you know, I'm really happy that Stuart Hooper, a guy who cares more than anyone about Bath, is in position to turn this around. I care a lot about Bath. I'm not in posi- I've not been put into position to, to turn this around. What qualifications and what has he shown over the course of the past three years, apart from being a nice guy, gives him the ability to still be in this role when Ed Griffiths has come in had success elsewhere and he's just been forced out the door yeah and it's a business it's a fiercely competitive environment it's a you know it's a money making organisation and as you, you can, you're completely right being a good bloke is, is is simply not enough and we've said this before it's at the point you know I I, 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 I like Stuart Hoop you know he captained the club for seven years I, I you know but that that is as you say it's completely irrelevant and it's got to the point where surely surely it's better for him to to move on and 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 do do something new you know they invent a new title for him every 6 months just to keep him in the job but he had, he's had general manager i think he had did he have performance executive or performance coach or something it was at something like point, that yeah point, just pro- when he was in his kind of um training for for he, DOR he had um flag kid mascot flag wave distributor at one point yeah <laughs> and I mean he... what's he doing what's he doing is he, is he lining up the kids to wave the flags is he checking in people at the, doing the QR code COVID thing at, at the gate at the, the, the Riverside gate which was a, a shambles which you described as what you've got the article open there what is Stuart Hooper doing what does it say he's doing and what do you think he's actually day to day going to be doing so the uh, first thing to say and pe- people may have seen this was that initially Van Gran as head coach was going to report into to Stuart Hooper which we've said in the past seemed like a very strange reporting structure that, yeah. given obviously the relative experience and given that it's so clear that Van Gran is going to be making the decisions in terms of players in terms of coaches in terms of on field stuff and you know I mean that's one positive to come out of this I guess is that Van Gran is very clearly now by title and 100%. by definition going to be calling the shots I think de facto that would have been the case anyway but this this I mean this this formalises that essentially yeah so Stuart Hooper's been moved to a role of general manager as a general manager they have general manager in American yeah, football yeah they have they? American yeah. football yeah. and so he says he'll be supporting that's Van Gran I don't think he's doing that no 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 so that's he, personnel decisions yeah I mean they're just, not doing that. they're just they're just looking to find titles at this point but he, <laughs> he so he'll be he'll be supporting redundancies and then they have to come up with some new title for, for the new role yeah and it's yeah it's um sorry it's, go on well I was just going to say so the kind of irony, and I find this quite funny, is that Stuart Hooper's role is going to be very much a support man for Bjorn Van Gran, and he is going to be delivering on some of the initiatives and some of the improvement areas of improvement that Ed Griffiths identified at the club prior to what clearly was kind of a power struggle with Stuart Hooper and McDonald and, and Craig. So, yeah, I mean, things like player pathway in the academy, which, to his credit, is probably the one thing that has improved fairly significantly over the time that he's been been involved. I mean, you know, you don't know kind of how much he's influenced in that, but he has he has he has um been involved in that. And then the 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 quote, and this is a almost like Stuart Hooper has written in himself, and the development of competitive advantage in areas of data, psychology, nutrition, training and performance facilities. Again, areas that Ed Griffiths was quite mm-hmm. keen on on some fairly radical changes. For example, the Farley House Farley House move, which as a result of this news, it seems like has been has been put on the back burner. 
For sure, for sure. And I think we'll come on to talk about the aftermath of all of this and, and some of the, the, the dirty laundry which has been aired. And, and I was um, I, I spoke at length to mm. to someone at the club this week uh, about all of this news and, and I'll, I will come on to talk about all of that. And, and, and kind of just lastly on the, the overall news. And I do kind of want to want to play devil's advocates slightly. And, and, you know, I don't necessarily agree with, with this position and I'm certainly... Not very happy with the news, but Harry Cured on Twitter got in touch with us to say, Hooper, not director of rugby, good. Hooper involved in the academy, still good. Johan van Graan, now head of rugby, very good. And Griffith's gone, good. He is gone, but I'm sure about why he's gone. So I think looking at it like that, some things that have come out of this yeah. are okay, but I guess it's the way in which it's gone about, the way in which that it's happened is just, to me, baffling. And also, I don't agree with the fact that we should be kind of getting rid of Griffiths. I think, yeah, Van Grand head of rugby, that's great. As I've said before, it's his club now. He should be given autonomy to do exactly what he wants to do. Um, and I think hopefully this is now, and you're right, that, that probably would have been the case anyway, but this is now in writing. That's what it's Yeah, I think be. taking the like, holistic view on it, as I say, Van Grand being promoted, that's the thing that I'm most pleased about in terms of this news. I think the two things that frustrate me are it shows how toxic the club is and it shows the lack of trust between, you know, players coming out and tweeting, Max Clark, Joe Thorkinasiga coming out and tweeting. There being rumours that we can, you know, we can, thanks to the, the chat we spoke at the club, we can we can put to bed a little bit and, and, and comment on those. But there being rumours about players wanting to be released from their contracts. There being rumours of players turning up to training. There'd be, you know, the story about... Um, Griffiths organising a four-day trip mm. to Marseille, which he didn't tell the rest of the staff about. So stuff like that, which just demonstrates how toxic the environment is between the existing management and the guys that are staying and the players. I think that's that's um, that's really dangerous. And the other thing is, it's just the the lack of wherewithal to stand by your decisions. And that mm. that that's you know guys like Tarquin and and, and Craig, they've just demonstrated that time and time again. And you know they're still involved. Let's not forget. Yeah. So. In the aftermath, as you say, Tom, lots of stuff has kind of come out about this. You say the Marseille trip, which they went on. You, you know why they picked Marseille was because they were hoping that that would be the venue for their European final later ambitious. this season, which was extremely ambitious. And as you say, I did speak to someone at the club, and, and I will just go on record to just to thank the guys at Bath Rugby. I think this season we have seen a real improvement in kind of the engagement that we found between us and the club. Um, and I think that's down to the kind of the department there and, and everything they're trying to do. And whilst it's been an extremely difficult season for them and trying to report on, on what has been a horrendous season on the field, I think credit to them. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I did. they actually reached out to us to say, I understand you guys have got a lot of questions. Um are more than happy to have a chat with you and, and I spoke actually at length to someone at the club uh, yesterday and, and kind of the sense that I got from from speaking from speaking to him was that to be honest with you a lot of what's being reported actually probably is pretty accurate I think that the Marseille stuff I think whilst they may not have had no knowledge as it's maybe reported in in the article they that that was certainly something that ed griffiths was driving um and i think yeah you know the nile annett thing that that certainly he he being part of ed griffiths yeah. i think that's stuff that that to be frank they're they're really not actually denying um and uh yeah i just guess so you i just came, want to say more about that the agency point potentially yeah so i think it was reported in the times that that Niall Annett, who's signed Bath, you know, signed for Bath next season, the, the Worcester Warriors hooker, he is part of an agency 
of which Ed Griffiths runs, yeah. which is, yeah, fantastic. And, and I was assured by the club that, that Johan van Graan has absolute final sign-off on yeah. all signings. And I think it's probably something that Griffiths suggested, van Graan signed off on, Griffiths made happen. Yeah. Um, and whether that's, you know, that, that's probably not the way in which signings should come about, but I actually don't think Nalan is necessarily a bad signing. No, I guess that's not really the point. I I, 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 under, I understand why that is, and, and that does look poor, because, you know, Griffiths is coming in, and it was a bit of a hostile... It does feel a little bit like a hostile takeover in some ways. I mean, they, they, they kind of gave him complete free reign, so they shouldn't be blaming him for that. They gave him the opportunity to, to do what he wanted. But to come in and bring his, I think, advanced sports management, his, his company, and to, well, essentially to benefit financially from guys coming in to the club... It doesn't look great. And to be honest, nor does the Marseille trip. And I think it was organised behind Stuart Hooper's and team's back. The players mm-hmm. went out there and then I think Stuart Hooper and those guys ended up attending but were made essentially to feel quite unwelcome. And it's, it's it, it again, it just, it just, it just oh, speaks to the, the, it just speaks to the, it's just, it's just, it's just the shambles and the wheels, the wheels have come off a little bit and it really feels like we need a proper clean slate and mm. I, we're not getting a proper clean slate. No, we're not, and that that is the point that, that I, I did make early in the season with with regards to with regards to um, Hatley and Hooper. Yeah, so I think that was my kind of overriding emotion, you know, overriding takeaway from that, and kind of a couple of key things that I'll, I'll point out from it was that whilst they didn't deny a lot of the stuff, they absolutely denied that the players. I think there was a tweet by by JB from the Egg Chasers podcast, who who's been a guest on on this podcast and a friend of the show who said that Bath players boycotted training and that they were all out on the beers the day after this announcement. You know, the club categorically denied that. Whilst they weren't training in a normal sense, they weren't expected to be because it's no match day this week. So they were all in the gym as planned. And then they had kind of, from there, they could do kind of what they wanted. It wasn't a full day. Um, And they also, and I think Ben Spencer himself, categorically denied that he was the player who had requested to leave. Um, There was a report that one England international had requested to leave. Um, They said that 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 wasn't true and that Ben Spencer, who himself on on Twitter came out and said it it wasn't true. So, yeah, I think that, that clearly that it's been a really, really difficult season for, for everyone at the club. And I think, it's led to fractions of the club kind of being split, and I think it's all kind of culminated in this in this announcement and in this kind of shit show at the end of the season, where having a season where you lose fourteen on the bounce and being bottom of the table and you know everything that comes with that is naturally in any sort of environment going to sort of kind of bring people apart um, and, and cause divisions within the club, and I think. That's absolutely what's happened, and, and and they're kind of hoping that that these that they've kind of got rid of anything that that may have been causing that, and that they can kind of move forward with Van Gran at that, at the head of that to kind of hopefully wipe this season clean and 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 start again and reset reset. And at this point, I mean, how much are we relying, and how much <laughs> faith and pressure? Are we putting on the shoulders of of, of Johan Van Gran and 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 the team coming over, you know, and, and from from Munster? He he's got a hell of a job to do, and uh, what's he thinking from over in in Limerick? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! 
He's thinking all about that cash that he's going to be getting spent, paid by Bruce Craig to do this shitty job that he's got to do and leave Munster. Um, yeah, and and the final thing that 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 they that we spoke about with with Bath, why I spoke about with Bath was about Van Gran, and I was really actually kind of. I was excited to learn just how much of an influence he's already had. Mm-hmm. So they kind of told me that he's already been to Bath, already been to Farley House a couple of times to meet with the guys. Obviously, he's got to do stuff from a personal side, schools, all that sort of stuff for his family. But he's also been to Bath, so he's kind of already starting to have some sort of influence. He's been in regular communication about all of the signings, all of the coaching, all of the changes that have been going on in the backroom staff, that's all had kind of his driving and his sign-off. So that kind of really does does make me feel optimistic. But you're right, like, Van Graan better be good because otherwise, he's, and, he's, you know, he's the messiah and if it doesn't work, then then God knows where we go. And his CV's very good, but his CV is a coaching CV. And mm-hmm. he was a forwards coach at South Africa for five years. 2012 17 and then at Munster he has been head coach and I mean part of obviously international role you have a selection aspect to it signings contracts that kind of thing you don't um Munster he has been obviously more involved in doing that but he's still I would say relatively inexperienced in kind of the non-coaching elements of the Mm. director rugby role and that is a bit of concern because Ed Griffiths, at least for for you know for his for his sins, and he's clearly come in. Some of the stuff he's done, I think, has been been positive. Around, for example, around the appointments that he's made, um, you know, defence coach being being a key one, but also bringing in bringing bringing in Van Gran himself. But I think, and I, I do think, some of the things he's done have, have possibly crossed the line and, and pissed people off unnecessarily. But the one thing you could say for him is he's got proper experience in running a rugby organisation. Stuart Hooper does not have that experience. Bruce Craig, Tarkin McDonald are kind of one step away from that and their track record has been very, very poor in terms of doing that and sitting on the board over the last few years. And Van Gran is, is first and foremost a coach. So my concern is that the actual running of the rugby department, the signings, the, the salary negotiations, which he won't have been involved in, they're not being a cap in, in Ireland to the same extent. I think... I'm a little bit concerned that that we could end up in a Neil Hatley-esque situation where Van Gran has been 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 pushed above his station, above his mm. his experience. Perhaps, but I think that you make yeah, that's some good points. But I think in terms of the environment and the the toxic environment, I think it, you, that that can be turned around. I think pretty simply, mm-hmm. and as soon as you start winning, the culture is good. Yeah. Let's be real that's on what that. Culture you, is. Yeah, you start hitting your lineups, you start nailing your restarts, you start scrummaging well, you start making tackles, you start having defensive structure. Everyone's best mates off the field. Let's be real about that. So if he can just get that right, that'll go a long way to to changing the the omni shambles that that is Bath Road. And, but, but you're right, there is kind of a, a vacuum now at, at the top, and without Griffiths and, and with no chairman now, and and the club confirmed to me that. Bruce Craig would not be stepping into the role as chairman and they were looking to appoint a new chairman hopefully before the start of, of the season, once again underlining that, that this wasn't planned a planned exit with, with Griffiths. And and yeah, it does seem like Van Gran has kind of gonna be stepping into a role where where he's just been tasked with doing almost everything. Um and hopefully kind of he has the the ability to to do that and, and has the, the coaches around him in Ferreira, Maddock. Charteris to um, Hatley, of course, to, to to kind of sort out the rugby field and also kind of what's going on off the field. So yeah, you're right. Big big job for big job for Yeran. 
Cool. Any other points, Tom, that you you wanted to to make before we before we say goodbye and, and head down to to, to watch yeah. the La Rochelle? I don't think so. I think you know, looking through social media and the, again the kind of levels of engagement that we've had have been have been brilliant. And there's clearly a lot of I think frustration, resignation, some optimists as well amongst it, which you you know I you know you, you always you always like to see. But you know I. I do feel a sense of like resignation with the the way that the club is run, and I just think this is the another example, the most public example, probably the most concerning example of the fact that it it just seems like guys at the top of the club are keeping themselves in jobs, are um, are are kind of making knee jerk decisions, and uh, you know, as a as a supporter, as a you know season ticket holders who go down to the club every week, I think it's it's. Uh, it's, it's it's very difficult to take. It's sad, and it's um, it, it it doesn't seem like this is a quick fix. And I think there's going to be more pain before before it gets it gets much better. But um, yeah, we'll kind of stick behind it. And I I'd echo what you were saying as well about the, the way that the club have communicated this season has made all that stuff at least a little bit better. Mm. Um, but 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 tough times, and I, this, this season. Can't end quick enough, to be honest. <laughs> one, one more week of, of Premiership action, Tom, before we can turn over to, to the Van Gran era. Just last couple of points from me. I'm just going through my notes from, from the conversation I had with, with the club. And one thing that it was clear, I think, that Ed Griffiths was driving was the, the move away from Farley mm. House. Um, they, they, they admitted that and, and said that that's not happening. They're staying at Farley House and they're going to kind of invest to improve the facilities that, that are in I thought they were state of the art. I think well, they what are. Was, what, what means improving this? I, I don't really understand. I mean... I did, I, I, and I asked that, and, and I think it's more kind of, uh, is it too comfortable? Are there, are, yeah, I, I don't agree. All the clubs have state-of-the-art facilities. So, but they're, they're, so they're not moving, and they're going to try and improve Farley House. So, so that's one thing that I think he was trying to do, and, and, and that's not happening. Um, one, one, one last point and, and kind of a, long, a longer term thing and it I guess it comes down to the fact you know Bruce Craig for, for he's obviously a very flamboyant character and he divides opinion but he has supported the club through a lot of difficult times and he's put a lot of money into into the club and he should he should be credited for that but what's what's his long long term vision how much more patience does he have with the club does he you know if this doesn't work and we're still underperforming we're still losing millions a year at what point does he say I've had enough of this. It's toxic. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm basically fed up. And then you know, do, if he looks to go to sale, you know, suddenly the whole future of the club could be could be could be could, 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 could be in, could be in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit concerned that you know it's the third or fourth episode of you know the Omni Shambles, as you said, and I just I'm starting to to kind of fear for what the the kind of longer term future of the club is in terms of ownership and in terms of in terms of backing because certainly if you're an investor now you probably wouldn't be looking at the wreck and Farley House as a as as, as an attractive purchase. I'll buy it. I'd love to buy it. I'd love to be given the general manager role at Bath. God yeah. First order of business would be um yeah replacing mm-hmm. the, the, the incumbent. <laughs> um yeah, Tom, thank you for joining me. I'll leave everyone on a on a positive note. The last thing the club did confirm to me that, that they are still expecting signings ahead of the new season and we will be seeing one announced 
next week. So keep your eyes across Bath Rugby socials for that. Um, yeah, that should be hopefully something positive. And um, yeah, as Tom says, one more game to go. Big win against Worcester into the summer. Van Grand comes in, turns it all around. How does that sound? And we predict a, a Premiership Championship for for the start of next season. Absolutely. Enjoy the rugby. Um, I guess once you've listened to this, you've probably already watched it. Enjoy the rugby. Enjoy the sevens this week if you're going to Twickenham. And um, yeah, as tough as it gets, stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>